Christy's already fled, um, but I loved what she had to share and just how I believe God is going to mirror and make, I kept sitting, I was sitting here and I thought, ah, oh, I feel like he's making this great sandwich today, right? There's going to be all these layers of just this incredible sandwich that he has for us to eat. And there are different bits in this sandwich that he's going to bring up. And I feel like there's a real compliment actually today of what Christy's sharing and of what Linda shared and I'm going to share and the panel is going to share. There's a real compliment of all of this together. So keep your heart open and be aware and be ready to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you because he is already speaking and he is going to continue to speak. So I want to raise our expectation to really receive and believe that we can walk out of here completely different, that something can shift today. Do you believe that something can actually shift today? Go, girls. <laughs> I know it's been a few years since I've been to Devon. <laughs> I don't know you're British. But do we actually believe that something can shift, even by faith? Let's believe by faith that something can shift today. If you don't have it, maybe your neighbor can believe for you. But we have an almighty God that is sitting on his throne, that is above all, that is king of kings, and that is lord of lords. And he is looking right now here, and his heart is toward you, and his heart is for you. And he is seeing where you are, but he is seeing where he is going to take you. And he loves you, and he's laughing over the life that he has for you because it's full of joy and full of goodness. And he is saying to you today, I want you to reach up with that small mustard seed of faith. And I want you to believe that there is a shift that can happen, that a change can happen. And as you plant that seed, I believe something amazing is going to grow. Because we do not need to go forward in the same way that we entered. Something can shift. And something is shifting here today. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the weight of your presence. I thank you that as we wait on your presence, there is a weight of your presence. And we wait in your presence right now for the weight of your presence. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are free to walk, that you are free to move, that you are free to speak. And that as each woman opens up her heart to heaven, that Holy Spirit, you're going to begin to give pictures and words and clarity and understanding and freedom. And that, Lord, I feel like even for some people, as you just sit on under the teaching today, some things are going to be unlocked off you. They're just literally, I just see a chain unlocking and falling off of you. It isn't something you have to strive toward. It isn't something you have to work for. It is something that the grace and the goodness of God wants to do for you today. So Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way in all As I was praying for you guys this week or earlier last week, I can't remember when it was, but I had a picture as I was in prayer. And what this picture was is I could see row after row after row 
after row of women who were in a factory. Think of like maybe 1950s or something like that. And there's this factory line. And these women were all in this factory line. And they're going through the motions, going through the motions, going through the motion, row after row after row. And as I was praying, I could see one woman was much larger. It was like almost like she came out of it. And she was in front of me. And she was much larger. And she was going through the motions as well. And all these women were just going through the motions. And then I could see Jesus walk through the back door. And as he came through the door and as he walked in I could see Jesus just smile and clap his hands and say all right you're free go ahead and go and the women who had been going through the motions for so long weren't quite sure what to do and they kind of looked at one another and they looked at one another and Jesus is like go 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 through the door you're free go through the door and there were a few women that suddenly just Okay, and they took off, and there were others that took a little while longer, but the woman that I could see that was in front of me and was much larger, it was almost like she was frozen in place because she didn't know where to go if she wasn't going through the motions. And I could see Jesus just walk up, so full of love, and just took her hand. And she said, I don't know where to go. And he said, just come with me. And as, she, as he said that, it was like she suddenly shrunk in a good way to the same size as Jesus. And they just walked out. And I feel that there's some women that have been going through the motions and going through the motions, and going through the motions, whether it's been from COVID, whether it's been through a relationship, whether it's been through financial or health issues, just going through the motion, going through the motion, going through the motion. And I believe that Jesus is saying there is a door wide open. There is a door of freedom wide open today for us to walk out of. Let's raise our expectation. To the level of God's ability. Don't lower it to the level of our understanding. His presence is in this place. I love nothing more than just to sit in the presence and see what God wants to do and say. And it's been a couple of years since I've been able to see eyeball to eyeball. <laughs> with you so I'm really trying to restrain myself because of any of those of you who have heard me you know I might get slightly loud sometimes and so I'm really trying to stay restrained here and I find it fascinating that the last time that I preached to a live audience aside from I did a smaller Friday night thing for Katie a few months back but to the live audience was actually in March the beginning of March 2019 and it was in Cornwall with Yvonne who I think is maybe here somewhere I don't know is she there hello Yvonne hello and it was with Yvonne so it was this side of the country in 2019 and I don't remember the whole of the preach but there's a particular scripture I know in Acts that I was really felt that I felt led to and what we're going to do today, there's two key scriptures, uh, looking at the beginning of the book of Acts and then also looking in Joshua that I have not been able to uh, put down. I feel like God has been on me and on me and on me with that over those last couple of years, and he is still on those two. But as I was praying and prepping for this, what I felt that he said, instead of just focusing on Acts or just focusing on Joshua and the promised land, what I felt like he wanted to do was take one of each of these, and it was like he 
superimposing them on top of one another and creating a picture of where I believe that we are and where I believe God is taking us into the next season. So are you okay that we can look at these two and we're going to bring them together? Again, those of you who've heard me preach, I know not all of you have. What I tend to do is, it's, I always say it's kind of with a prophetic edge. I just am trying to follow the Spirit of God. I'm creating a picture. And in that picture, I believe the Lord's going to speak specifically to you. I love the wisdom that Christy shared. Wasn't that good? I loved the wisdom. And like I said, I feel like he's just going to be layering things for us today. So we are going to start. Oh, let me say this actually before I start. 2020, one of the like, you know, buzzwords, I think, was pivot. Did anybody hear pivot about 350,000 times? Okay, only me. But it was like pivot. Oh, we're going to pivot. Oh, this is a pivot. Everything is pivot. Somebody agree with me. Somebody nods. Thank you. Okay. It was all about pivoting. And as I got ready for this, I felt the Lord say, yeah, 2020, yeah, it was a pivot. But now we are coming into what is pivotal. And I thought, oh, I've never thought about that before. And I know what the word pivotal means, but I thought, I'm going to actually look that up. And it said this, pivotal is obviously relating to a pivot, so there's a link to a pivot, but it's a vitally important and critical time. I believe the Lord is saying where we are, what we are stepping into is related to that pivot, but we are in a vitally important and critical time. We are in a very critical season right now. We are in a place, and Christy alluded to it, of preparation, of being prepared for that next place that we are stepping into. So I want us to look at Joshua. I want us to look at Acts. And in we're going to turn to it in a minute. But in the book of Acts, when Jesus was arrested, it, that was pivotal. Or sorry, that was a pivot. When he was arrested, it was a sudden pivot. It was a turning. It was a, wait a minute, I didn't expect that. Wait a minute, this has come out of the blue. But that pivot set them up for what was pivotal. And they had to go into the upper room. And they had to be in the upper room to transition into that next season. And not everybody stepped up into that place. In Joshua, I believe the pivot was when Moses died. Wait a minute. The one that we've been following, the one that we've been leading, the one that was stable, the one that was always here, the one that I could trust has suddenly is no longer here, has suddenly been removed. Pivot. And a very pivotal season when they stepped into the promised land. Because they were never going to go back to the wilderness. They were never going to go back to the way that it was before. When Jesus was arrested, when he died, ascended, and they are now in the upper room, they were never going to go back to the way it was before. They were never going to have the comfort of him. We have the comforter, but the comfort of Jesus with them. Suddenly, I'm in a place where I feel vulnerable, I feel unsure, I feel uncertain, and I feel confused. Has anybody felt like that over these last couple of years? 
I feel vulnerable. I feel uncertain. I feel confused, God. I don't know how to go forward, but I don't see how I can go back. A season right now that he is setting you up, preparing you for where he is taking you. And this is all part of the story. And I said to Katie again, this was a week or two ago when I was praying and I felt God drop down in my spirit simply this title. And it was this, it was my house, my story. My house, my story. Look at your neighbor. I don't actually like it when preachers do that, but I'm going to do that. Look at your neighbor and say, my house, my story. My house, my story. Now, okay, come back, girls. When I say that, I don't mean for us to say it with an attitude, mm -hmm, my house, my story. No, I don't mean that we say it with bitterness. It's my house, it will be my story. Nor do we say it with offense, my house, my story. No, 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 no. This is what I'm saying. When he dropped that in my spirit, suddenly I could feel it all over me. And it was like, this is my house. This will be my story. I will not be told by the enemy what my story is. I will not be told by the circumstance what my story is. I will not be told by my past what my story is. This is my house, and I will decide my story in response to circumstance, in response to what the enemy does, in response to my past. This is my house, and it will be my story. Come on, girls. This is your house, and this is your story. Now, do it with the right heart. Do it with a heart focused on the Lord God Almighty. Again, not out of bitterness, offense, or anger. That's not what I'm saying. I don't want you to misunderstand me. What I'm saying is I'm taking authority for my house, and I'm choosing my story. Because if I can take authority for this house, then I can begin to take authority for the house that is around me, for those who are under my area of influence, for those who are in my city, for those who are in my uh, neighborhood, for those who are in my nation, my house house, my story, our nation, our story, but it begins here. So what we're going to do, I'm going to first look at my house, and then at the end, I'm going to look a little bit into story, but when I preach this afternoon, we're going to share a little bit about more about my story, but before we look at my story, I believe the Lord wants us to look at our house, and some may not want to, but with as much love as I can muster, just do it, please. Because honestly, you'll just be really glad that you did. Because let's just leave what we need to leave. Okay, you with me? Okay, four people. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, we got a lot of scripture to read. So Acts chapter 2, 1 and 2. Again, very familiar for many of this. This is the day of Pentecost. It says this. And this was the beginning of a new season for them. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and 47. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. 
And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. They were in their homes breaking bread. Acts chapter 4. It's a bit longer. I'm going to read this one. And starting at verse 23, says this. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Verse 29. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Acts chapter 5, verse 12. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. There are four things that jumped out at me as I read that. When they were all together in the house. When they were all together, not only in the upper room, but in their own homes. And what took place on the backside of that. First was this. They encountered God's power and God's presence by the power of the Holy Spirit. They encountered God's power and God's presence. But what came on the backside of this, and this, these four points could be the entire preach, but it's not going to be, but jot them down. What came on the backside of this was they prioritized unity. They encountered God's power. They prioritized unity. They spoke with boldness. And they saw miracles. Guys, I believe this is where we're heading as the church of Jesus Christ. I believe this is the heart of God. That it starts with him always. They encountered God's presence, but they were in unity. Therefore, they could speak with boldness. And they could see miracles. And I think we've gotten the order mixed up. And I believe that God is wanting to rearrange that order. Because he wants his house aligned with his heart. And for the house to be aligned with his heart, it always starts with worshiping him. Because it's about him being glorified. Doing what he wants to do through each one of us. To reach people, to know him in a place of freedom. But I've got to get my house right. How are we doing of just worshiping him? Back to one of the things Christy shared. It's not about what we look like or comparing to anyone else or anything like that. How am I doing of just keeping my eyes fixed on him, the author? and perfecter of my faith. There's no condemnation. I don't mean at all condemnation. I'm just saying if the Spirit quickens it in you, say, yes, Lord. 
Because out of that place is where unity was birthed. In the book of Joshua, like I said, we're going to kind of superimpose, and then I believe God's going to speak out of that. Joshua chapter 5. Now, many of us know that the Israelites had been wandering in the wilderness for an entire generation, 40 years wandering in the wilderness, because the Lord had said, go into the promised land, this is yours. They sent 12 spies in, 10 came back, said, we can't do it, we can't do it, the giants are too big. And two said, I think we can do it, but you know, the 10 went out. And so they wandered around the wilderness for 40 years. And then after 40 years, then Moses died, and now it was Joshua's turn to take the Israelites into the promised land. And prophetically, I do believe this is, I mean, not, not even me, anybody who's remotely prophetic, you've heard of the last couple of years kind of we're going into the promised land and that's great and that's wonderful and I preach it and I agree with all of it but we have got to go in I believe with the heart of God and what God wants is his unified bride but anyway they went into the promised land and then after they got into the promised land let's read some scripture Joshua chapter 5 looking at verse 13 as soon as all the king oh hang on wrong verse 13. There we go, Jen. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him. What does my Lord say to his servant? The commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now Jericho was shut, shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. No one went out and no one came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with his king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus you shall do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. Did you see the four points in there? Did you look for the four points? Did you see the four points? Encounter with God and encounter the pre-incarnate Jesus. Encounter Jesus. He had an encounter with God to start things off. After the encounter with God, there was a unity of the people coming together. When there was a unity of the people coming together, there was a walking around the barrier that was keeping them out of where they were supposed to go. And as they were in unity walking around the barrier that was keeping them out from where they were supposed to go. At the right moment, led by the Spirit of God, they came together and shouted with a great boldness, and they saw miracles on the other side. Could it be that he is setting up his church? 
for the miracles that we're all calling out for, that we're all excited about, that we could stand up here and preach about and say they're coming and we'd get super excited. And I've done that and I believe it. And yes, I believe there's a major move of God coming. Yes, I believe it's different than we've seen. I believe it with all my heart. But I also believe it starts with him. And he's looking for unity before he's looking for all of these major miracles as much as I love them, want them, and desire to see them. And we will. But he's wanting a bride together. They loved God. Could we love him and love his bride? And from that place, come together, and not only in unity, but with boldness, to see the miracles that we're crying out for. And you might be thinking, that's great, what does this have to do with me? How am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to deal with that relationship issue? What about the thing that the doctor just spoke over me? Regardless of the wall or the barrier or the disappointment or the circumstance, it starts with an encounter with heaven. Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? The Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Lift up your eyes. Whatever's drawing your eyes down, whatever the circumstance, lift up your eyes. Because out of account encounter, can we then, as women, actually come in a place of unity? I didn't actually mean to stay on this point as long as I'm staying on it, but I'm just going to trust that I'm hopefully following the leading of the Spirit here. And it's a tough thing to speak into because it's very uncomfortable. And actually, I didn't think about it, it kind of goes on the backside of how Christy ended with forgiveness. Sorry, girls, we're just kind of going there today. But we're going there because God's taken us somewhere. And he's wanting to get his church somewhere. And I believe that we can, in an afternoon, come together. And we can come in a place of his presence. I can come in a place of that unity. I can speak with a boldness. And I can begin to see a miracle. Where maybe does there need to be a unity in your own heart? Is your heart a divided heart? Is your house a divided house? This house right here, are you unified in this house? Body, soul, and spirit, are your thoughts unified with the word of God? Are your thoughts linked in? Do they agree with what God says about you? If there is a division here, there's going to be a division here. And God is saying, come into a place of unity. But God, how? Fix your eyes on me. Fix your eyes on me. Just fix your eyes on me. And unify your word, your heart, and your action. And as we do that, I believe there is a boldness that's going to come out. That's different than the last season that you've left and that you're no, no longer going to go back into. Another word that the Lord said to me in prayer was, 
It actually woke me up somewhere in the middle of the night a couple of weeks ago, and I knew it was for this, and he just said, Jen, they, they or you, he might have said you, but I knew it was for us. We need to put a full stop, not a comma. We need to put a full stop, not a comma. And I know that there's memes out there that, you know, when, when the circumstance puts a full stop, God puts a comma, right? And yay, and that's true, and he does a lot. But I believe he's saying right now I need some full stops. This is fascinating. In Joshua chapter 3, Looking at verse 14. It's a little bit heavy. Are you okay? You still with me? I'll lighten it up maybe in a minute. You okay? Okay. Chapter 3, verse 14. When the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. So this is as they're crossing the Jordan into the Promised Land. As soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water... Okay, basically, they stepped in water. Uh, Verse 16, the waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap. Sorry, sound guy. In a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan, and those flowing down toward the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, etc., etc., etc. The water parted at Adam. Full stop. That was a full stop moment crossing that Jordan River. I love that Jesus is called the second Adam. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 in the Passion Translation, it says this, It is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Jesus is the last Adam. And at the cross was a full stop right before Pentecost, right before the promise was released. At Adam, the waters stopped, and there was a full stop right before they stepped into the promised land. I'm not like writing a whole new doctrine. There's not a third Adam or anything. Don't read into this. I just thought it was kind of cool. The water stopped at Adam. Full stop. Second Adam, Jesus died on that cross. Full stop. I believe God is saying it's time to put a full stop in your season right now. We have stepped into a new era. And what does that look like for you? And what full stop do you need to put down? in this new era. This is a season of the bride getting ready. This is a season of the bride of Christ getting ready. And you know, the word of God says that the bride is uh, without spot or wrinkle. And we are incredibly spotty and very wrinkly right now. And I'm one of those, okay? I'm not saying, you know, I'm one of those. I'm part of the bride. But would you agree the bride is slightly spotty and wrinkly? I need to come back again sooner. You've you've lost your voice. Think America. Think vocal, okay? The bride has gotten spotty and wrinkly, has she not? And is it time? You know when you put makeup on 
And I'm saying this to young girls. I don't think we have young girls in here. I mean, we're all young in the kingdom of God. I take that back. We're all very, very young in the kingdom of God. But one of the things I say to young girls all the time, you know, we're talking, you know, 18, 20 or whatever. I'm like, you always push up. You push up. Okay? On your face, you're up. If you're going to put moisturizer, you got to moisturize, girls. If there anyone in here, it's all, you know, the moisturizer, all of that. So you moisturize your tone and you up. Don't pull down. Because I'm 52, and somewhere around 40-ish, I think I realized, okay, you just got to stop pulling down. It'll take care of itself going down. We got to help it push up. Okay, so this is all about, okay, we don't want wrinkles, okay, where God is, he's smoothing something out, and right now it looks wrinkly, it looks spotty, the church is confused, we're hurt, we've come out of a terrible season, we don't know where we're going, we don't know how to get into the next place, we don't know what that looks like, but we have a God who's sitting in the, on his throne in heaven at total peace, who says, I know how to get you there, give me your hand and I'm going to lead you out. But I don't want to be led out with the same house that I lived in in the last season. It's time to clean the house. Once you've cleaned the house, I can write a new story. I believe there's three quick full stops that he wants us to put in. Number one, a full stop to sentences. And this is what I felt he said. A sentence, the sentences from the enemy. We need to put a full stop at some sentences from the enemy. The enemy has a sentence, a couple of sentences that he just keeps saying the same things over and over and over again. And it's time to just put a full stop. Nobody else can do it for you. Nobody else can do it for me. Nobody else can do it for you. I have to decide I will not listen to that sentence anymore. You can speak it, but I just am not listening to it. So you are the only one that can decide. I full stop that sentence and I do not receive it. It does not come into this house any longer. There are paragraphs that we need to full stop, and I believe the paragraphs are the words we have spoken over ourselves, because the enemy often gives us a sentence, and we just write a whole paragraph about it, don't we, girls? And so we take this, and we have paragraphs that go on in our mind, and in our heart, and in our spirit, and we repeat these things, and this condemnation, and this shame, and this guilt, and we repeat it over and over, and there has got to be a full stop to this paragraph. I will not receive that. That stays in last season. And then also there are chapters. And I felt this quite heavy, that there are some chapters that God is saying you need to put a full stop on. Of the last season. And I say it with love because I feel like it is heavy and there's some real hurt. Real hurt around it. God is saying, I don't want that chapter to begin this chapter. You have to full stop it. It's part of your story. It's all part of the story. And that's okay. But sometimes we just want to hold on to it and kind of bring a couple of the sentences at least into the next one. And he's saying it's time to put a full stop. Joshua said this in Joshua 24, as for me and my house. I will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Someone needs to declare over yourself today, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
As for me in my mind, I will serve the Lord. As for me in my words, I will serve the Lord. As for me in my heart, I will serve the Lord. As for me and where my feet take me, I will serve the Lord. As for me in my house, I will serve the Lord. My eyes fixed on heaven. As I do that and purify my house, I'm in a place where I'm in a much better place to be in unity with those around me. As we all do that, as the bride can be stronger in unity, she can speak with boldness, and we can see miracles at another level, and then we won't actually care who does the miracles because it starts with our eyes fixed on Jesus. I want to see that for England. I want to see that for Devon. I want to see that for my own country, my own in America. I want to see it for around the world. Because I believe that's a season that he's bringing into. Okay, very briefly, I'll pull you up in a minute, very briefly. Story. I want to touch on story. Because as we hunger for his house, he's going to purify our house. And as we purify this house, my house, my story. We've already looked at Joshua after the full stop. He left the wilderness, went into the promised land. He stepped into new territory. We've already seen in Acts after the full stop, the law, the Old Testament law came down. Freedom came and they stepped into new territory. His promise becomes our story and our new territory. What promise has God spoken over you? You know, there's a scripture that says all of his promises are yes and amen. What promise is he speaking over you? And he's saying yes and you get to say amen to it. What is that promise? That's your new territory. That's where he's taking you. You hold the pen. You hold the pen. And even as I was writing this down, I could see people with pens with their names on it. And maybe there's a name, or you, maybe you need to get a pen and put your name on it. This is my pen. That will be my story. You got to full stop the last one to begin to write the next one. Some of you have heard, um, I did, I, I think I wrote about it in one of the books, and I've done it a few times in illustration, but not for a long time, about a horse named Metro. There's this horse named Metro, and you can look on BBC about this, but he's this brilliant horse, and he was this famous racing horse, and, you know, he won all sorts of races, and then he got injured. And after he got injured, they weren't sure what to do with Metro, and they thought, well, they're just going to put him out to pasture, and they kind of put him out to pasture, and actually, they actually were thinking of putting him down, because, I, well, his racing days are over. What he was good for, he could no longer do. His season is finished. We might as well just put him down, because his story has come to an end. But there was a guy who loves horses that saw Metro. And when he saw Metro, he felt for Metro. He thought, no, he's been a great racing horse. Let's give him some good days at the end of his days. And so he brought Metro. And he brought Metro back. And he put Metro in the field. And Metro had a lovely time eating grass in the field. And one day when Metro was in the barn, this man looked at Metro and he noticed that Metro just kept bobbing his head. He liked to bob his head up and down. And this guy was a painter, and he thought to myself, I wonder if I put a paintbrush in Metro's mouth, what he would do. 
And so he put an easel in front of him, and he stuck a paintbrush in Metro's mouth, and he stuck it in some paint, and then Metro just, he began bobbing, and he began painting a picture. His pictures are fascinating. Again, you can Google and read about this, and I can't remember the name of the owner, but he lets Metro choose his colors. When Metro feels like he's finished with one, he'll put another paintbrush in his mouth and he'll let him choose a color and he, he paints. And why I love that story is because it shows that our backstory is not the full story, it's only part of the story. And I believe it's setting us up for the best story. And I want to declare over you ladies today that your backstory is not your full story. It is only part of your story. And it is setting you up for your best story. Because a God in heaven is not going to say, your time is done, I'm going to put you out to pasture. A God in heaven is going to say, I have something new for you that you didn't even know you could do. There's a gift in you that you do not even know that you have that I want to stir up in you for the next season. But you got a full stop the last season for the new gifting to be released for the season that I'm bringing you into. And I mentored someone a while back and I love that I had told her this story and so when I finished mentoring her she sent me this as a gift and this is one of Metro's paintings. Isn't it brilliant? It's signed Metro but I'm pretty sure that wasn't the horse. <laughs> But what this does, and I have it hanging in my office, and it reminds me, Jen, your backstory is not your full story. We all have a backstory. I could spend the whole time talking about a backstory and all the difficulty. We've got a backstory, but my backstory is not my full story. And I'm not going to let it be my full story. I'm not going to let the enemy use it as my full story. That's only part of my story. It's part of my story, but it's only part of my story. But it's not the full story because I have a greater story coming up. And I have a better story that God is writing even right now and so do you. So it's time for you to write your story. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says this, that we go from glory to glory. Actually, why don't the worship band, why don't you come up and that'll help me finish eventually. 2 Corinthians 3 18. As we go from glory to glory. Romans 8.28, well-known verse, he works all things together for good. For those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You are in the middle of going from glory to glory. You're in the middle of going from story to story. You're in the middle of getting your eyes fixed on the author, Jesus, the author of our faith unifying your house so that there is a boldness that you speak with that is not filled with the insecurity and fear that ladies some of you know my story I am so well acquainted with but if you can get in a place where your eyes are fixed on him and I'm taking the word of God, and that is what I'm filling my house with. It brings a unity within me that allows a boldness to come through me, to see a miracle on the other side of me. He's doing that for each one of us, and he's doing that for us corporately. Even Jesus, his earthly life was only part of the story. When he went to the cross, 
the fear that went through the people, the confusion. But that was only part of the story. And thank God it was only part of the story when he was here on earth. I can thank God for the parts of my story that are even a bit painful. When I turn and I fix my eyes on him and I allow the truth of the word to wash. And I somehow cross into that promised land. And I don't know how to explain it. But there's something about when you get over there. And I haven't gone into, just for sake of time, details of some horrific, horrific things. Painful. Some of you know some of the stories. But there's something when I'm on that side that I think, thank you, God, because now I can use that story to help someone else's story. That's what he's asking us to do because we're a body. Because we're here to love one another and help one another. We're all in this thing together. We're just trying our best. We're just trying to do our best here. And that's all right. Let this be a safe place to begin to write that story. I recently put a post on social media, and it was just literally one morning. I just kind of started writing some words down and posted it while I was doing my devotions, but got a lot of feedback back on it. And I wanted to actually read it here, and it just said this It's time to write a new chapter. One that does not include fear of the future or regret of the past. A chapter infused with threads of hope and colors of faith. One written as the beholder of the pen and the author of the story. A chapter led by the Spirit of God and held in the heart of heaven. That's the chapter he's asking us to write right now. A chapter led by the Spirit of God and held in the heart of heaven. And then I said this, get quiet with the Lord. Listen, cry, dream, believe, begin to write. Listen, cry, dream, believe, and begin to write. Let's just close our eyes right now. Listen, cry, dream, believe, and begin to write. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. 
thank you for your freedom. Yeah. We have time this morning to do some house cleaning. I want us to listen saying to you? What is he saying to you needs to be cleaned out? What is he saying to you as you turn your eyes to heaven? Let me ask, what is it that might cause disunity in your heart? Or disunity with someone else? Is there a forgiveness that you need to give? Is there, is there a forgiveness you need to ask for? Is there something you need to bring to the altar? Is there something you need to leave at the cross? Is there something you need to leave at the Jordan River and just leave it there as a full stop moment? What do you need to leave right now? Because it's time to clean a house. Before we write our story, we need to clean our house. And I feel like the Lord wanted me to just focus on those two, eyes to heaven and unity. Boldness and miracles will come. Eyes to heaven and unity. Purity of heart. Lord, we want to clean our house today. If you say, Lord, there's something that I just need cleaned in my house, and to be honest, I think we probably all could say that, just hold up a hand to heaven. Whether you hold it in front of you, where you hold it high, however you want to do it, whatever you're comfortable, just hold a hand to heaven and say, Lord, I know what that is, and I need to have my house clean today. Holy Spirit, I need you to come today. I need you to fall on me today. I need you to cleanse me today. I need you to wash me with the water of the word, the water of the truth today. I need to be washed under the freedom of the blood of Jesus today. I just need to be clean. Just open your heart and say, Lord, clean my house. Clean my house. Clean my house. Father, I thank you in you is no shame, no condemnation, no guilt, no embarrassment, but pure love. And I just see Jesus coming and he's taking the hand like the picture I said at the beginning. And he's just taking your hand and he's saying, will you walk out with me? Will you walk through that door with me? You don't know where you're going. You don't know what it looks like. You've been going through the motions all these years. This has been with you for a long time, but I want to take you into that next place of freedom. Will you take my hand and will you walk through those doors? Will you trust me as your Lord and Savior?
I feel like there's some of you just right there. Some of someone, I didn't mean to say that, just you need to say, I trust you as my Lord and Savior. Maybe for you, you've gone through the motions of church. Maybe you've gone through the motions of religion. Maybe you've gone through the motions of, I need to look good on the outside. I need to make sure that everybody sees this in me or sees that in me. But you've just been going through the motions. And right now, he is saying, will you make me your Lord and your Savior? I am trustworthy. I am full of love. I will never hurt you. I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. I am with you at all times. Will you please trust me as your Lord and Savior? And if that is you, I'm not going to ask you to I'm not going to ask you to do anything except this only because I want to pray over you and seal that. If you say that's you, maybe you've been a Christian, maybe you've come away from that and you've said today I want to come back into that place of fullness with the Lord. Or maybe you've stepped in and you don't have a clue what's going on here, but you realize I want that. I want Jesus to take my hand and take me into that next season. If that's you, I just want you very quickly just to put up your hand that I can see it. Thank you. Just see it. Thank you. So many of you, this is brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Father, you see every hand that has been raised. I thank you that you are our Lord and you are our Savior. You are the one that comes behind us, that goes in front of us. And Father, as each heart is turned to you and you know her story, you know why she's lifted her hand. You know why she's saying, today I have got to stop trying to do it myself. And today I surrender and I say, yes, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you rush toward her. You rush toward her. Father, I ask for everyone that had their hand raised that the love of God right now would overwhelm them and the peace and the presence of God from the top of her head to the soles of her feet that you would seal in her heart the truth of how loved she really is. So loved and so accepted by the beloved. Thank you, Father, that we, you are trustworthy. We can trust you with all of our hearts. And in that place of trust, for those who have said, there's a full stop on putting down today. In fact, if you've done that, again, just quickly put your hand up so you're acknowledging before God, there's a full stop. Yeah, there's a full stop. 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 In my house today, there's a full stop. just see is a full stop obviously when you're writing it is like a circle and what I can see is like the full stop that you've put down it's almost like the size of a ball and I can see some people some of you the Lord's wanting you to take that and he's wanting you almost prophetically to throw that away 
Like you're throwing, you're not going to come back and pick up that full stop and step back into that old season. You are picking it up and you are throwing it away. You're picking it up and you're releasing that. That full stop has been placed here and I am never going back again. And Father, for those who are declaring that in their heart right now, I pray in agreement and I say yes and amen that a line in the sand has been drawn, that we will not go back, but that we are going forward. That we as the bride, the beautiful bride of Christ, are going forward. And Father, I pray for an empowering. God, I pray as we go through this afternoon, as we continue through today, that Father, as the house is cleaned, as the house is purified, that Lord, we will pick up our pen and we will get ready to write a new story. We will pick up our pen and we will turn our ear to heaven. And Father, I pray pray that you would begin to release over women new stories, that you will release new vision, new understanding, new ideas, new identity, that you would begin to release a lightness in this place, God. I pray for a lightness to come over this place, that where that full stop has been placed, where the full stop has been put down, where that full stop has been thrown away, that that line has been drawn in the sand, and that we are putting our shoulders back, and we are saying, yes, Lord, to stepping into that next season. Yes, Lord. Lord, not only into the promised land, not only through Pentecost, but the two superimposed together, that we are stepping into something that we have not seen before, but with our eyes fixed on heaven and with a unity in our heart, there will be a boldness wherever you take us we don't need to know some of you right now you're thinking I have no idea what that next season looks like and I just very quickly want to pray for you before we close in some songs but I want to pray if you say I have no idea what it looks like you're that woman at the beginning that I talked about and you're like I don't know what that's going to look like through that door I don't understand if that's you open your heart to heaven right now and father I pray for every woman right now that has that little bit of fear that little bit of insecurity or uncertainty of but I don't understand what it looks like. And God, I pray right now for your grace and I pray for your peace. Father, I pray for an excitement. I feel an excitement in my spirit. I pray for an excitement to begin to grow. There's going to be a little bit of a ripple feeling. It's just like just a little bit of the waters kind of stirring. There's a stirring of the waters that there's an excitement that I don't need to know because I know who's walking with me to that next season. And Father, I pray that, that those little ripples, that water would keep stirring and stirring and stirring today. And that, Father, every woman who says, I'm not sure what it looks like, but Lord, I'm willing to go with you. And in your heart, you lift up your heart to him and say, Lord, I'm willing. I say, yes. I don't need to know the answer. I don't need to have it together. I don't need a perfect doctor's report or a perfect bank balance. Lord, I just say, yes. I don't even know, need to know your question. I just say yes, Lord, before I even know what you're asking. If that's you, hold your hand and your heart to heaven. And God, I thank you for every woman that is saying yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. A house is getting ready. Therefore, my story is getting ready because it's my house story. And Father, I ask that you would seal these truths and these words 